Yet I was going to join the procrastination club. And why didn't you? Because I put it off. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. We are excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And it's where we share techniques, tips, tactics, tools, and some thoughts on how to make your house home, how to get the best out of what you're up to in life. And so thank you that we get to, it's a thank you, mm-hmm. that you join us and we get to consider what do we want to stop doing or never take on doing when we are thinking about investing in real estate? Yeah. Because it's getting harder and harder. Right. It's harder and harder to keep our capital, keep our money and not risk it and still make decent profits. Yeah, we need to preserve our capital. Mm-hmm. And there's a few ways of things to not do or to stop doing if you've been doing them, which will help you do that. Exactly. And the first one is don't over leverage. Mm, what's over leverage, Jenna? That is when you don't keep enough equity. Mm-hmm. And you you put yourself at great risk right. if anything were to change. With the interest rates having just gone up, well, just, they've been going up for a while. But if you were over leveraged, you had mm-hmm. a lot less options available to you and might even feel forced to sell. Whereas yeah. if you had a lower leverage, potentially you could re-leverage mm-hmm. to give yourself cushion for a period of time it just opens options yeah i find that sometimes people come to me and they go well i could buy this investment property this building if i take out private lending at a higher interest rate and they're trying to calculate whether the numbers still work and many times they don't the odd time they do i still go "Mm, you want to think about that very very carefully because you don't have any of your money in or very much of your money in. And what could happen is a slight fluctuation in the price of the valuation of the property could totally backfire when you think you're going to go and refinance in six months or something. If the market slides a little bit, you're in trouble. And that's, we don't, so stop doing that if you're doing it. Don't over leverage. And then don't, The other thing we're going to say, don't, unless you have so much money and you think it's a good choice that you could lose it and it would mean nothing to you, right? Like there are times there are people that go, I want to speculate. Mm -hmm. I just want to play at this. This is my play money. So you're saying don't speculate. Unless. Unless you can afford to lose the money. And have no attachment to it. Now, what is speculating? Like if if I buy a rental property that has a tenant in it, is that speculating? I don't think so, as long as you know your numbers okay. and you know where you're at in the process. Right. But if I were to buy, say, a new build mm-hmm. and I have no idea, it's going to be maybe built in a year or two years or three years, and I have no idea what the market's going to be then right. or what the rents will be then or what the interest rates will be then. Now mm-hmm. I'm speculating on a lot of factors 
coming into alignment that may or may not come into alignment. So it's right. very speculative. So you could win nature. big because you got little money in. Right. Or you could lose big. Yeah. That's speculative. And we've had a number of people running that issue lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think. And appreciation because mm-hmm. you're also, isn't that part of the speculation? You're that counting on an appreciation. Yep. And if you don't get it, now it's a nasty situation. That's true. And if you're sitting there thinking, you know what? They're talking about investment. I've pondered it, but I'm not sure. Or maybe I've got too much debt. Or maybe I've got a bunch of money that's underperforming in other areas. And maybe I should talk with Ken and Yetta about this. Two things. One, you could read our wealth formula. You if can, you haven't read it, and if you've read it, reread it maybe. Yeah. And you can get a copy of it on Amazon.ca. Or you can uh, get a copy from our office if you stop in at our office on Corvus Court. And then, or if you think, you know what, I maybe I'm ready. I'm almost ready. I've got a bunch of money set aside. I've got a bunch of equity in my house. Maybe I should talk with Ken and Yetta. Give us a call. We'll do a little clarity call. And we'll figure out whether we should take the next step. And that's to meet in person and go through all the deeper details. Yeah. The other thing you want to stop doing is ignoring property management. Ooh. Do you mean like managing the tenants or managing the property? How about yes? Yes and yes? Yes and yes. Okay, so are you saying that if I ignore the maintenance of my property, it could backfire? It could. But what if I... Like I don't have access cash flow and I got to borrow the money or I got to take it out of my house or I got to do a line of credit or I got to use my cash reserve to maintain my house. Should I still do it? Well, you have to look at the cost. What's the, what's the implications of not doing it? What's the greater risk? Okay. What is the greater risk if I don't do it? I think it's situational. You don't think it's situational? Because I think mm, I think it's general. I think, okay, go ahead. I think it is situational, like depending on what it is that's yeah, wrong. Right. But it's general in that if you keep your property in a better condition, mm-hmm. you have a better chance of attracting a better tenant at a higher price. Absolutely. Okay. You're more in control. Right. And I also know that if you delay maintenance on many things that can cause a future damage to your property, like if you delay maintenance mm. Changing the shingles, for instance, you could get a leak and that leak would cause further damage. Now you got to do the shingles. You got to replace some insulation. Mm -hmm. You got mold issues. Maybe you got drywall to replace. You got to repaint. You got a lot of things because you delayed one maintenance item. Mm -hmm. So in relation to the tenant, what would you have to say? Well, oh my goodness. Time and time again, clients call us up and they say, oh, my tenant's behind. And I go, well, how long are they behind? And they say, five months, six months. And I'm going, well, how did it get that long? So don't procrastinate. Remember I talked about the procrastination joke at the beginning? This is one area you do not want to procrastinate, is if your tenant is doing damage to your building, they're causing Uh, noise and discomfort to other tenants if it's a multi-unit if they're not paying their rent or not paying it on time you got to take action right away so appropriate action yeah like a tenant doesn't pay their rent on the first if their rent's due on the first what do you do on the second give notice what kind of notice well they're unpaid rents yeah and you're evicting them 
You give it's just them so harsh. And it, it sounds harsh, doesn't it? It does. You give them the eviction notice. You don't go, oh, well, could you give it to me in a couple of weeks? You start talking. You can talk like that, but you still give the eviction notice. And then that sets them on notice. And then they have a certain number of days to rectify the shortfall of money. Right. And if they don't, now you can continue on the process. But if you wait three, four months to start that process, now you're way behind. Now the tenant owes you 20 grand and it's a big problem. Okay, that sounds depressing. So what you want to stop doing as well is calling the current landlord to get a reference for a potential new tenant. Yeah, way better to call the landlord two times before. Exactly, because even now they can say there is no rent owing when somebody has been asked to leave and you've forgiven the rent mm -hmm. as the landlord. So it's with this whole current rental situation, it's messier. So you want to be crystal clear. Right. So my question for you is, can time in the market be more valuable than timing the market? We're honored to be positioning you to build wealth wisely because it's about much more than just the money. Hayata, why was the realtor in counseling? I don't know. Oh, because they couldn't get closure. <laughs> On their next house or what? <laughs> so we are honored to have created for you free access to over 603 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share insider tips, making house home, how to get the most out of your environment. And the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office or on the go, including on our YouTube channel. So subscribe. What, what do we keep doing? We're going to explore. What can we keep doing if we're already investing in real estate? Mm -hmm. What can we keep doing that will help us keep in profitability, not lose our capital, mm -hmm. and just continue to grow wealth? Yeah. There's and some things we don't want to stop. Yep. And some of these things you want to keep doing even if you haven't invested yet in right. real estate. That's okay. true. Yeah. First one, my favorite. Yeah. My favorite, your favorite. Well, you like to grow. I do. So continuous learning, like read the books, read, go to the workshops, talk to other people that have had successes, also people that have had failures, because maybe you'll learn what not to do versus what to do. Mm. So the, and, and I always say, please, please, if you're going to take on a new topic, if you haven't been investing in real estate, keep learning. And I think the rule of thumb is at least 10 books, 10 podcasts, like lengthy podcasts, 10 courses, 10 workshops, not 10 of each, but at least a total of 10 exposures to the learning so that you can understand some of the lingo. Mm -hmm. You and want then, to stay informed. Yeah. So what's it take to read a book? How many hours, roughly? It depends on the size, know, of, the size of the book. The size of the book. Very, very good. It's like, how much does a hen weigh? Right. Two to three pounds. Yeah. Ours weighed 10 pounds. 10 pounds, exactly. So, um, but the point is, maybe it's, maybe it's 20 hours to read a book. Yeah. And you read 10 books, it's 200 hours you have invested in the knowledge base, right? Mm -hmm. They say it takes 10,000 hours to be a master at something, but you don't have to be a master to take action and you do need to be knowledgeable, yeah, right? Absolutely. So I love that. Workshops, go to investment workshops, join an investors club, research the market, read books on it, listen to audiobooks, 
read or watch podcasts or vlogs like our vlog on real estate, that can help. Well, there's lots of the shows that we've done that are specifically on investing that give tips and insights, what to do, what not to do, how to do it, when to do it, why to do it, mm -hmm. all that stuff. So you can certainly go back and binge watch everything to do with investing. And then what you want to do is book a clarity call, especially after you read the wealth formula, binge watch some of the life inside track episodes on specifically this topic, and then have a clarity call so that we can help you strategize the best steps. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to evaluate and learn from each experience. And what's even less expensive is evaluate and learn from other people's experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing you want to do is know the rents. You want to know the market. You want to know the numbers. You want to know what that property is worth. Like keep yourself informed, not just of the general practices of investing in real estate, but the specifics to do with the type of real estate right. that you are looking for. So, and what if I improve the so, property? So How much more is it worth? Yeah. So what I think you're saying is know your market. Stay in a smaller market. Like we have a friend that, and client that invests a lot in the Prescott area, down the 401 corridor, he knows, they know, he and she, they know the rents, they know the valuations, they know what they can do to improve the valuation because that's where they've spent all their time learning. Like it, it drives me crazy and probably the person that's going to do it, it'll drive them crazy, is they, they're researching a certain area and they think they like it, they think they like it, and then something comes up, somebody says, oh, there's a deal over here. And they go over there and they buy it, but they didn't know anything about that market because all the research was on a different area. And you can fast track your research and you'll likely make a lot better decisions if you stay the course or if you're going to shift gears, you get education on that area. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. And time and time again, we have clients that call us and say, we'd like to sell our house. And I go, okay, so what's the rent at now? When they say house, I mean a rental property. And they go, oh, it's the same as it was 10 years ago. And I'm going, oh my gosh, that's going to really lower the valuation of your property. So even if the rent allowable increase is 1%, 2 3%, give the annual rent increase notice because it adds up over time. And then the, the valuation of the property multiplies as a factor of the rent. So it quadruples the effect of the rent increase. And do keep <coughs> taking care of tax planning. Keep your tax planning. Have a great accountant. Not only having a great accountant so you can keep your tax planning in order, have a great lawyer that works with the accountant so you know what legally you can and can't do, when's the best time to do it, have an amazing team. Like do keep an incredible team. And I would even say upgrade the team if there's any discrepancies or places where you notice it's not working for you. Yeah. In, improve your team if there's anybody that's not really cutting the mustard, so to speak, yeah. I think is what you're saying. The other thing that we've done a lot in our properties, increasing the value of the property by improving it on tenant turnover. Mm. So when a tenant leaves, a lot of people go, well, what's the cheapest I can do to make it ready for the next tenant. The problem with that is if it's in rough shape or it's not highly improved, 
you won't get maximum rent and you won't get typically the best tenant because the best tenants can choose from wherever they want to live. Whereas a, a tenant with a poor uh, credit rating or poor credit history, they don't have as much choice. So if you want the best tenants with the highest payable rent, when your tenant turns over, think about changing the kitchen. Think about changing the flooring. Think about remodeling the bathroom, even if it's a light remodel, you know, a new toilet, a new vanity, and a, and a shower surround can really, or a tub surround, can really change a bathroom, especially if you change the floor and you paint. Put a new mirror, a new light fixture, and boom, you're done, right? Newer light fixtures can improve. The lighting and the interest of a tenant in renting the property, right? Right. So do invest the money <clears throat> in the least expensive areas to get the greatest return. Mm-hmm. Like keep doing those things. That's not always about the big splash because sometimes the little things like the examples you just gave are kind of nothing. Yeah. And kitchens aren't. Kitchens and bathrooms aren't. But elements of the bathroom are very inexpensive. And so just being aware of what the cost is and what the return is on that particular improvement. Mm -hmm. Do keep a clear vision in front of you of what your investing strategy is and where you will deviate and where you won't. Because where you're going to fall down is when you don't have a clear vision. Hmm. And even why you're doing what you're doing. Keep your why in front of you. Do keep that process in the forefront. And the final thing, keep real estate in mind. Because as Dale, or sorry, not Dale, Andrew (laughs) Carnegie (laughs) says, 90% of millionaires did so through owning real estate. And we're glad that we're here together because together we're clarifying options because when your options are clear, your wisdom will flow. Hey, Yetta, what do you call an investigative realtor? I don't know. Come on. Sherlock Holmes. We are honored that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, not only selling, buying, and investing in real estate, but really coming alongside you to build your faith, build your fund, build your finances, and even strengthen, heal, and flourish inside relationship. We're going to discover what to Start doing to build wealth wisely. In this market, things are harder than they've been before to -hmm. keep our capital safe. And we want to keep it safe. We don't want to lose it. We want to grow it. Absolutely. So we need to look at how can we stay in the black and continue to build without the losses? And what do we need to start doing? Yep. What's one of them? Well, remember in the previous episode, we talked about evaluating experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And probably 15 years ago, I got careless on some of the investments we did because they were in real estate. And I thought, yeah, I know real estate, right? I'm a realtor. I got to know real estate. And I've been a realtor for a long time and my wife even longer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And some of the investments were in another province, some of them were in other countries, and I didn't do the due diligence that I would do for a client. I didn't do it for myself. And guess what? It was a costly adventure. Yeah, it was costly adventure. Those investments, I didn't have control of the project. I invested in somebody else. I took someone else's 
word on things. I trusted other people. And to do got, the due diligence that you needed to do. So we really got, what we're saying is you want to start doing do your own due diligence. Yeah. And it they weren't realtors, by right. the way. They were not realtors were not that realtors. I trusted. No. And So start we, trusting the right people. And we got burned. Oh, right. Yeah. We got burned big time. I think three of the investments went bankrupt. So we ended up with nothing. Um, so that's the first point. Do your due diligence. Buy, I don't mean buy yourself, use resources, but make sure you don't rely on somebody else's due diligence. Even when a client says to me, yeah, what would you do in this situation? It's like, unless I have lived that same scenario, my mm-hmm. life isn't your life. My timing isn't your timing. I can give you the general principles Right. Right. If I have an offer on the table and I don't have any showing scheduled coming up and it's an okay offer, well, probably wise to take the offer, work it the best we can and take it versus wait if there's mm. nothing coming down the pipe. So there's some of those general things. So I'm not saying do your, don't have to experience everything for yourself. But if there's a thing I don't understand, do my due diligence to get understanding. Right. Okay. And what another thing I think is to start doing is to get with like-minded people mm-hmm. and grow together with them in a community. Sometimes you might even end up partnering with them. We, we've done quite a number of investments mm-hmm. this year where other people partner together to make it feasible for them to buy a bigger project than they would normally been able to afford on their own fruition. Right. And here's the piece of the start inside that. It's tucked inside when you're partnering with other people. Start ensuring that you have aligned values, that you are like-minded, that one Mm. of you isn't near the end of their investing career and one at the beginning of their investing career because you have different desires and ideals and timelines to work with. So making sure that you are really on page with the partners you might like to partner with. Similar core values is so important. Cannot be overstated. Because this is a vision. You have a vision for your investing life and you can't protect it if you're with the wrong people. Right. And even your realtor, like you may not be partnering financially with your realtor, Mm -hmm. but your realtor is your partner on this investment journey Mm -hmm. and make sure you're using one that has investment experience. Either they've worked with others or they invest themselves. Probably better yet that they've actually touched it and felt it and experienced and put their money in, (laughs) their own money. I mean, it's different. Yeah, it is. Right? And so if you're thinking, wow, this is a lot to take in, you'll want to read the wealth formula first and foremost. If you haven't read it already, or maybe reread it, you can get a copy on Amazon, you get a Kindle version, a book version, or you can even pop by and visit us at the Solid Rock office where we hang out some of the time when we're not out with clients and we have copies there that can be purchased. And the great news with those ones can even get them autographed if you want to. And, or if you're ready to do this, you want to start investing because we're going to say, if you haven't been start to get clarity about when you can do Mm -hmm. a clarity call. Yeah, that's really great. All right. So what else are we going to start doing? How about looking at what can save energy? Some some landlords think, oh, 
I don't have to worry about items like insulation and sealing the house and drafty windows because my tenant's paying the utility bill. Right. Is that fully true? Well, it, it is true, except if you're devaluing the property in the big picture, it hurts you more than it helps you. So mm-hmm. preventative maintenance, and I guess you get a lesser quality tenant if you're not taking great care of your place. Yeah. And we had one property where we were getting a new tenant after every winter because the energy costs were too high. And so that turnover costs you money too. So we wanted to make sure that we upgraded our insulation Mm -hmm. in that particular property. And do that preventative maintenance that we talked about in a previous episode because then you don't get the emergency and you're frustrating your tenant, you're frustrating yourself as a landlord because now you got urgent things to handle. And it costs more money when there's urgency. We had an emergency phone call, not that we thought anything was wrong with our furnace. And three days later, it was already scheduled to have a service call, (laughs) but we ended up getting an emergency service call. So as much as you can have a regular track record of taking care of things preventatively. Right. And that doesn't mean, you know, just because you have a 20-year-old furnace that you're going to change it and spend five, seven grand or whatever. It means just maybe you have a service contract on it. Maybe you just get it annually serviced. Ours just missed the deadline there by three days. If the annual service might have found the problem with the capacitor and whatever, but it didn't and it's cold. So we got the service, emergency service, Mm -hmm. right? So another thing you want to start doing, well, is this a start? Improve your property where there is a return on investment. Okay. Explain. Right, rather than over improving a property. Oh, uh-huh. I see. Okay, make it an appropriate improvement. Start doing the appropriate improvement for that property. Mm-hmm. I don't need to put in the highest end fixtures in a lower priced rental. I need to put nice fixtures in. So over improving it, improve it appropriately to the type of real estate that we're talking about and the type of tenant you're looking for. All right. Perfect. So my challenge for you, if you're anywhere even contemplating investing in real estate is read 10 financial books. And you might say 10, that's a lot. Yes, it is. And you'll feel very, very comfortable after reading 10. And the reason I say read is Mark Twain's quote. I love it. He said that There is no advantage to those that don't read over top of those that can't read. So if you're choosing not to read, well, take a look in the mirror. (laughs) That was harsh. (laughs) Yeah, it was. We're grateful that you joined us on Life's Inside Track because when we move forward together, together we've got this. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.